daily digest of the who, what, and why of Waterloo Region. Welcome to Kitchener Today on City News 570. What? What? What is this? Where's my theme music? People are going to not know that I'm hosting. Okay, and what is, Brittany, what is what is going on? Sorry. This chair. I adjusted the chair. You adjusted the chair. Yeah. I felt like I was three feet tall there for a second. <laughs> now I feel better. <laughs> we are 18 seconds into the show and everything has already gone wrong. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do the next two hours and 55 minutes. 54 minutes and 30 seconds. 54 minutes and... Okay. <laughs> I could just spend three hours just literally reading the clock. How about that? There's great radio. Welcome to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly and Brittany in with you today. I So, Brittany, how was the last 90 minutes? You hosted the last half of Farwell well, Show today. If you come out into share space in a little bit and you see me crying in the corner... No. You'll know that it was awful. No, it's it's <laughs> listen. This I, is not my forte, you know? Like I'm I'm a behind the scenes, like just, you know, so be goofy. I. Don't, you know. But this gets easier every time I do it. Mm-hmm. I remember when, when you and I first started you know, I guess, you know, hosting Kitchener Today, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. You know, on and off, filling in, whatever you want to call this. Actually, it was just a month ago. It was a month this week because I remember hearing on the on the five seventy morning news this morning. This, this is the one month anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I remember covering that mm-hmm. the, first the first week day. that mm-hmm. I filled in. And what was the point? I was I was it moving gets towards easier. Here. It gets easier, right? So <clears throat> my first show was the Tuesday after the. I guess it would have been the Easter... No, Family Day long weekend. Mm-hmm. Family Day? Mm-hmm. Yep, in February. Uh, yep. I can't even remember. And that whole... <laughs> the days are all a blur. The whole... They are. The whole weekend, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I'm not going to be any good. What am I going to do? And what am I going to talk about for three... And this is only Saturday. <laughs> I was still three <laughs> days away at this point. And then I, I, and I'm like, oh... Thank, thank goodness it's the holiday Monday. I have a buffer day <laughs> before this this freak show on Tuesday. So it gets freak. a little bit easier. Well, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and it, it, I was really nervous. I still am. Maybe I over-prepare a little bit, but it does get easier every time you do it. So, Brittany, you know what? I thought if you were going to cry, you should have cried before. <laughs> oh, I was. That's Brent. Brent said to me, oh. he was like, well, you were pacing a little bit in here earlier. A little bit, but you know what? It's over now. Now's <laughs> not the time for crying. Now's the time for drinking. <laughs> yeah. It's over. I All right, did I can it. crack open a beer right now. Let's go have a margarita. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or something. <laughs> or, even, or even a beer, you know, something. Hey, whew, I got through it. Thank goodness. So, Brittany, you did fine. You did good. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Polly. So I you, appreciate you're that. You hosting tomorrow? No. You're gonna be on tomorrow? No. Hey. And Ru- you can't make me either. <laughs> <laughs> Rumor is it that I am in for Farwell tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's still not. I, I haven't talked to him, but people who have talked to him, his voice is all. He can't even talk. Mm-hmm. His, his voice is all over the place. So whatever's going on, 
I think I'm in for Farwell tomorrow. That is the rumor. Mm-hmm. I have to confirm it with at least two other sources. <laughs> but the rumor is I am in for Farwell again. Okay, so this is Kitchener Today on City News 570. What do we have on the show today? Well, at 2.30, we are going to have a conversation, or we're going to air a conversation with Trish Stratus. You know who that is? I know who that is. All right. I mean, she was involved, and I guess still is involved, with the WWE. Mm-hmm. I was never really a wrestling guy. but really? um not re- I, I was saying this to you earlier in the share space. I'm not really a, a, a wrestling guy, but I'm always fascinated with the theatrics of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just the you know the hype of oh, I'm gonna oh yeah you you come here and you fight me right now like I just I don't know or, you know the the grand entrances with mm-hmm. the the capes and the co- I don't know there's something fascinating about it. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and I'm fascinated with it in the same way that, you know, I'm not really into science fiction or fantasy sort of things, but I, I, I have listened to two, you know, you know, sci-fi nerds have a very passionate discussion mm-hmm. about, you know, the merits of Superman versus Aquaman, and I, I don't know what they're talking about, but I just I find the whole. Just kind of observing that hilarious. So I, I'm not a big wrestling Batman person. Batman can totally beat Superman no, exactly, in a fight. No, exactly. I, it's, I, I find that sort of stuff. I find wrestling interesting in that. I, mm-hmm. I don't really watch it, but I'm fascinated by the people who do mm-hmm. and, and the whole theatrics. So, I, I grew up with brothers, so yeah. they were huge and still are huge into wrestling. They go to like those... Those like I think they're called PWA shows and all that mm-hmm. that happen yeah. locally. And um, my favorite wrestler was the Undertaker. I know that means nothing to people that don't know anything about wrestling. I mean, I remember him. He was you know big in the late eighties and early nineties. Mm-hmm. Right? But I was gonna say like wrestling is today is not like what it was you know in the nineties and all that. Like there I was don't know. there was all these big you know. Uh, entrances with pyro and all that, and it, that doesn't really happen now. Uh, now it's just it? kind of music, and they oh, walk oh, down really? to the ring. And I remember Hulk yeah. Hogan and Jake the Snake. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that doesn't really happen. All so that. yeah, Mar- our own Mark Perry had an op- opportunity to speak with Trish Stratus on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and they talked a little bit about her involvement with the WWE over the years, and she's one of the judges. On Canada's Got Talent, Mm -hmm. which premiered uh, Tuesday night on City TV. So we're going to be airing that discussion that Mark and Trish Stratus had earlier uh, earlier this week. So maybe that's of interest to you. At uh, 2 p.m., just because... On uh, on Kitchener today, is this Thursday? It's Thursday. This is... (laughs) I can't even... Like, I was... I, I said this to my wife last night. I'm like... Is, is today Wednesday? She's like, yeah. I'm like, I thought it was the... This whole week has been very chaotic for me. So tomorrow on Kitchener Today, Ian McLean is hosting. And Ian doesn't do the free phones Friday. So I figured at 2 o'clock today, from 2 to 2.30, let's just do some free phones. Mm-hmm. Let's open up. Free phones with producer Polly. Free, free phones Thursday. <laughs> 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 so we're going to do that. At uh, 2 o'clock, so get your dialing fingers ready. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. At 1.30, uh, economist Anthony Davies will be here. 
And most of you might not know who that is. I'm, I've seen this guy online, and, and we're going to have a discussion about why we should care about debts and deficits. Because I, I was actually speaking to Mike off the air, Mike Farwell, earlier this week. We were talking about this liberal NDP coalition, and I said to him, I said, I, I just wonder what's going to be kind of try to be pushed through with basically no opposition. And Mike says, I wonder how they're going to pay for it. And I got to thinking, and this is a question that I've had, why we should care about government debts, debts and deficits, because you don't hear about it as much anymore, and you hear that the debt is going up, yet you look out the window and the, and the sun still shines every morning. So, I, I, anyway, so we're going to have a discussion about that at one thirty with Anthony Davies. At 1 o'clock, the CAA Worst Roads campaign is out there, and they're asking everybody to submit... Their worst road. So we're going to find out about that campaign, find out how you can do that, and then we're going to throw open the phones and ask, where's the biggest pothole in the region right now? (laughs) They are everywhere. So Where can you get the largest three-bedroom, two-bath pothole in Waterloo? (laughs) Exactly. Some of these potholes are bigger than a two-bedroom apartment. I can guarantee you. And then at uh, 12.30, again, a lot of open phones on the... I could be biting myself in the butt by, by doing so many phone calls in one show. At 12.30, we're just going to ask you, uh, the mask mandate was lifted in Ontario on Monday. What has your experience been like? Have you gone out shopping? Did you wear a mask? Did you not wear a mask? And did you feel weird at all for whatever you chose? So that's all coming up on the show today. So every day is something... Today, among other things, is National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. Oh, no, 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 no. You you don't like raisins? No, they're gross. What? Even a chocolate-covered raisin? Yeah, even a chocolate-covered one. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. I'm No, I'm serious. Like, raisins, dates, those things. What? They're just, the texture of them is so um, nauseating. So <laughs> to put it nicely, because when I think of chocolate covered raisins, I think of raisinets. Raisinets, yeah, glossettes. So do you like glossettes? The no. chocolate covered peanuts. Well, the peanuts, sure, yeah, yeah. that's fine, but they not a like... raisin. Ooh. Yes. Oh gosh, chocolate covered no. raisins are amazing. They're disgusting. I just had an apple fritter. Oh yeah, courtesy I know. I of watched. our guest, our trivia guy, you mentioned <laughs> on the air. You mentioned, oh, I could use some coffee and donuts right now. And no, I didn't even say that. I, I said, what, what do you we win? I said, what do we win for getting the question right? And he said, I'll bring us some coffee. And, and I was totally it. kidding. He actually did, and he brought I us know. a few so donuts. Thank so, you, Mac Graham. I, that was very nice of you, but was not needed. I just had a, uh, a an apple fritter, and I think there were some raisins. In <laughs> yeah, it. I, don't know. I ate it so quickly, I had to <laughs> scarf it down during the commercial break. I don't know what was in that thing, but it was good. So, yes, it's National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. That's disgusting. You're disgusting. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Today is Flatmates Day. Now, I think this is a British term. I think we might think of it in North America more as roommates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because flatmates is a European thing. But if you have a flatmate that rocks, explore a few simple and fun ways to say thanks. You should owe your flatmate a lot. They've taken your dog out for you. When your shift ran late, they stood behind you with a, a can of roach spray in hand. When your crazy <laughs> ex showed up for the ninth time that weekend, and they loaned you cash to pay your cell phone bill when you ran over Aww. your minutes. Through thick and thin, your flatmate has had your back. 
Have you ever had a, a roommate? No, I haven't. I've always, I lived alone um, when I moved out and then, uh, well, I guess it's like, does my husband count as a roommate? Shouldn't. <laughs> Different situation. <laughs> well, right now we work, we're working on opposite shifts, so he's kind of like a roommate. All right. Yeah, I, when I was in college, I, mean, I lived in the, you know, the residence, so there was a few of us who lived together. Mm-hmm. One of the guys really liked clam chowder and he would heat it up at least That's twice disgusting. a week. At least, yeah, I agree. <laughs> At least twice a week, he'd have clam chowder for dinner, and it would just stink up the whole apartment. You know what? I tried um, one time to really like clam chowder because I've heard people, you know, people that like it, they they love it, mm-hmm. and they just they try to. Um, I just I really wanted to like it for those people, so I bought it, you know, because you can get it in the can, mm-hmm. and I tried it, and it was a little, it was so disgusting. I like I couldn't do it. I couldn't it. So no, I never no ate it. I just it stunk up the apartment. Yeah, so I wasn't interested. Okay, our not so impossible question Ooh. now, Miss Bordelon. Mm-hmm. You have told me you only have one question. Yeah, because I think this one's going to be tough today. I hope you're correct <laughs> because we are on the tightrope without a net, mm-hmm. and so if if someone gets this question, I don't know what to talk about for the next eight minutes. So. You better be correct. All right. Okay. So what is today's, first of all, 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570 hands free. Are not so impossible question. Brittany. The largest one of these weighed 343 pounds. What is it? The largest one of these? Mm Mm-hmm. Weighed 343 pounds. I'm guessing whatever it is, it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. It could be. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, once again, Brittany? The largest one of these weighed 343 pounds. What is it? We'll find out what it is and take your calls Next, this is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Hold on. My headphone cord is tangled here. This, okay. I'm back. <laughs> we were almost in a crisis. <laughs> Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly and Brittany in with you today. Our not-so-impossible question. Brittany, once again. The largest one of these weighed 343 pounds. Weighed, what is it? Weighed. Weighed. So is it not around anymore? I guess you'll just have to well, find I'll out. have to find out. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570. Hands free. To the phones. Jeff, do you know the answer? Uh, how about a dog? Is it a dog? Did you look this up? Um, no, I didn't. Actually, I didn't. Wow. Is that the answer? That's the answer. The answer is a dog? I thought it was harder, but all right. I was, I was going to say like a chocolate chip cookie or a, <laughs> I, which reminds me, I just realized now I haven't even had lunch yet. And I was going to kind of sit here with you during the last part of the Farwell show and just kind of, you know, contribute every now and again and kind of eat my lunch in between sentences. Now I haven't even, 
Uh, lunch. Yep. We got another question, though, so okay. hang on the line if you're on Let's, the line. But anyways, uh, I, let me tell you about this dog, okay? Okay. In 1989, Zorba, an English Mastiff, broke records as the world's heaviest and tallest dog with a weight of 343 pounds. Zorba measured over 8 feet from nose to tail and was about the size of a small donkey. Wow. I know. I don't know how big a small donkey is, so that means nothing to me. <laughs> well, 343 pounds, clearly, get, Polly. A small donkey does not weigh 343 pounds. Have you ever seen it? You just said you don't know. Well, I, I don't... <sighs> Maybe I've seen one. I'm, I don't. I don't know how to make that comparison in my mind. When you say, "Oh yeah, it's about the same as a small donkey," you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. All right, All right. Let, let's try another one. I got here. an. I got another question here because Polly, I'm sorry, but you forgot. It's also one other day today. What? It's National Cheese Steak Day. I was going to mention that, but we ran out of time. Yeah. What is the most popular cheese for cheese steaks? The most popular cheese for cheesesteaks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. Star 570, hands-free. What is the most popular cheese for cheesesteaks? There's this place in downtown Kitchener. I think it's still there. I haven't been there for quite a while. Uh, this Philly cheesesteak place. And there's a sign on the wall that talks about the history of the cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know, for cheese, we recommend this. But our owners, I can't even, it says, if you if you don't put this sort of cheese on, you're really missing out. And I can't remember what either of the cheeses were. Okay, well, let's, let's go to the phone. Let's see if anybody might know the answer, the most popular cheese to put on a cheesesteak. Lorraine, go ahead. Is it Philly cream cheese? It's not, no. No. Have you ever had a cheesesteak, Lorraine? Pardon me? Have you ever had a cheesesteak sandwich? Oh, no, I haven't, actually. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah, it sounds good. I just never got around to yeah, it Yeah, it's, it's really... Cool, thanks. Yeah, it's they're really good. And this place in downtown Kitchener, because I'm like... It's called the Taste of the Philly Cheesesteak or whatever. And I went in there, honestly, I was skeptical. Because I was like, oh, come on. I mean, I've been to Philly. I've had a real cheesesteak. This is going to be a cheap imitation. No, it was really close to the real one. Wow. So I was quite impressed. Rob, do you know the answer? Hey, Paulie, how's it going? Well, if anybody's been to Philadelphia, then they know they always ask you, do you want your cheese whiz? That's correct. cheese whiz. (laughs) Or more specifically, do you want your steak wit or without? Right, exactly. It should it should be provolone, to be honest with you. Way better tasting. Yeah, cheese whiz. So there you go. Thanks a lot, Rob. Yeah, yeah cheese whiz. The most popular cheese Although, for cheesesteaks. Cheese whiz. Is we, cheese whiz even cheese? That's what I was going to say. The we million could, dollar question. We should have a whole argument whether cheese whiz is cheese because it's so processed. Mm-hmm. But that is, yeah, that's that's what you're supposed to have on your cheesesteak is cheese whiz. And again. It, those who those who are in the know <laughs> know the terminology. It's wit, W-I-T, or without. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a cheesesteak wit. Cheesesteak wit. That's how it's done. <laughs> there you go. The most popular cheese to put on a cheese. That's, you got, what? You're just so funny, Polly. <laughs> that, that's, listen, if you've, have you ever been to Philly? No, I oh, haven't. It's a, it's a nice city, a lot of history there, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, National Cheese Steak. 
day. Okay, coming up next, we're going to open the phones. There's no guest from 1230 to 1. And I just want to ask you, what's your shopping experience been like? Have you been out? Did you wear a mask? Did you not wear a mask? How did it go for you? 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly in with you today on Kitchener Today on City News 570. Still to come in a half an hour, the start of the annual CAA Worst Roads Campaign. And so we're going to be speaking to Teresa DeFelice from the CAA and then ask you where, where are some of those big potholes in the region. But this half hour, there is no guest. I wanted to throw up on the phones. And ask you how your shopping experience has been. Have you gone out since Monday, since the mask mandate was lifted here in the province of Ontario? 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands-free. Have you gone out? Did you wear a mask? Did you not wear a mask? And what were your experiences like? Did you feel weird at all? Uh, you know, this is a big change for a lot of people because, you know, literally overnight, the mask mandate was lifted. So 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570. So my Monday was a little interesting. So I started off on Monday. I took my cat to the vet. It was the first thing I did. On Monday morning. And I kept the mask on in in the vet clinic because it was a small environment. There was only two or three other people in the whole in the whole building and I didn't want to ruffle any feathers or and, and the other people in the building were all wearing masks. I'm like, oh you know what, let's let let's do the mask thing. And so I wore the mask. And it was also the first place that I had gone to since the mask. I, mean, I don't even know what the, the What's going to happen? I had no idea what to expect heading in to Monday. So I took my cat to the vet and yeah, kept the, the mask on and, and it, you know, that was that. So then I went to Shoppers Drug Mart and I had to go pick up a couple of things. And th- this was going to be kind of the test for me. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So I actually sat in the parking lot for probably three or four minutes (laughs) watching people go in and out. What's happening here? Are people wearing masks? Are they not wearing masks? And most people, everybody I saw for the first couple of minutes was wearing a mask. I'm like, hmm. And then I saw a lady walk in without a mask. I'm like, that's it. That's my cue. Let's go. So I did it. And it was it was weird, and I think now first of all, in Shoppers Drug Mart, I me and two other people were the only three not wearing a mask. So it was within the confines of Shoppers Drug Mart. It, it was yeah, like ninety percent of people, 
And I guess that's kind of understandable a little bit because Shoppers Drug Mart is, you know, in the kind of the healthcare sector, not technically, but, you know, there's people are going in there, they're, they're feeling not feeling well, they're getting cough medicine. There's pharmacists there who know all about the different pills and what medications you're supposed to mix with what. And, you know, some very smart people there. So, yeah, in, at Shoppers Drug Mart, 90% of people were not wearing, I'm oh, sorry, they were, they were wearing masks. And, uh, yeah, but it, I felt, it felt weird. It was mm-hmm. a big change. Yeah. So, Br- Brittany, have you gone out anywhere? Yeah. Okay. So I remember leaving here Monday after work and I actually said to you, Polly, I said, Polly, I have to go over to Walmart. Do I wear the mask? Mm-hmm. Do I not wear it? Do, like, what do I do? And you yeah. said, don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, it's going to be a game time decision. Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get there and then I'm going to decide. Yeah. Well, anyways, I sat like you, sat in the car, wait, just like examining the people. <laughs> you know, I'm like, who's wearing it? Who's yeah. not? And a majority of people were. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep the mask on. And I want to keep, uh, I want to just say too, I've actually been wearing a mask since 2019 from having my bout with cancer mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Yep. Um, because you had to, I had a very compromised immune system. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am a little nervous about taking it off. However, I do want to take the mask off yeah. and get to that point of being 100% comfortable, right? So you kept it on. So yeah? I kept it on. But then later that night, my husband and I went to Canadian Tire and he didn't wear the mask and I did. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the only I was the only person, including all the employees in there, wearing a mask. Interesting. It was crazy. Yeah, so it depends on the environment. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. So but what? I didn't like look at anybody when I was yeah, in there yeah. and go, oh, they're not wearing yeah. a mask because, well, first of all, you don't have to. And second of all, I didn't think anything of anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what we're asking you this half hour. What would, have you been out since Monday? What was your experience? Since the mask mandate has been lifted, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570, hands-free, just like Tina called us. Tina, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Good. So have you been Um, out since Monday? Yes, of course. I go everywhere, and it's nice to actually finally go without a mask, because I have an issue with breathing, Mm -hmm. Um, so I haven't been wearing masks, and um, it's been actually very refreshing to not be refused to go to the bathroom without a mask. I have been uh, not refused in many spots. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has been very nice. It's also been nice not to be stared at and judged for not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And um, what I find sad is that I would say for 34 years of my life, I have gone everywhere without a mask. In mm-hmm. the last two years, masks have been worn. And now yeah. people are thinking that it's weird without a mask. Mm-hmm. The majority it, of our life, we have lived with them without a mask, mm-hmm. right? And so I kind of think that now this whole mask thing is dividing mm-hmm. our society, yeah. which is very sad because now it's like, oh, half the people are wearing it. A place that I've been, I would say half or half are not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's everyone's personal choice. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to now say that, hey, it's a personal choice. For the last two years, it has not been a personal choice. And those people that were not wearing a mask have been ostracized, which has been very sad. And um, now it's hopefully not going to ever go back to mandating mm-hmm. it because let me tell you, people's uh, mental health has been very affected. So, Tina, so right? did you have a medical exemption? It sounds like you you weren't 
um, wearing a mask for a little bit, more than um, just... I exempted myself based on my own breathing situation. Okay, well, see, because yeah. I, I have seen people occasionally in stores... Did people approach you? Like, like how did that go? Yeah, so, like, I've got, like... So when I went in a store without a mask, mm-hmm. I was in a Tim Hortons that refused me bathroom, mm-hmm. that did not allow me to go to the bathroom because I didn't have a mask. I had people come up to me and uh, tell me, where is your mask? You have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine if we have everything in our life? Can you imagine for a cancer patient, if I said your treatment's not right, you should not be doing this. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? This is what I felt like. like yeah. You have no idea what's going on in my life, but everyone felt the re- felt the right to tell me that I should or should, that I should be wearing a mask, you know, or mm-hmm. they would stare or that kids would be like, money, that lady is not wearing a mask. And then yeah. they'd all be like, yeah, following the rules of the system. Like, that, that's right. Mm-hmm. And thankfully for me, I'm a strong person, but even that breaks you down. Mm-hmm. Like, my boss noticed, like, What's going on, Tina? Like, I'm sure everyone, all sorts of people notice that, like, eventually strong people are going to get broken down because for two years I was ostracized. I was stared upon. I was refused places because Mm -hmm. of a personal health choice. Yeah. So I personally think if you want to wear a mask, go for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you get anybody coming up? Did you did you get anybody coming up to you going, "I'm not here to ostracize you, but I don't want to wear the mask either." How do you do it? Um, a few people have, like a few people we would, with, if, if I very seldomly, I would say I would be one of every three months, I would maybe see somebody mm-hmm. else with me in a store without a mask. Right. And they'd come up and we would embrace ourselves and hug each other and say, hey, like, isn't it nice like mm-hmm. to see somebody like this? And we're not going to judge because we don't go and judge people yeah. for wearing masks. Right. So once in a while we got the embracement, we would go to each other and strangers. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? But that happened very few in the last couple of years. So I'm happy that the government has finally said, and now let's continue this on, and with this vaccination. Mm -hmm. Like how many people have lost jobs? How many people have been injured by the vaccine? And they've taken it because of livelihood, because their employer was going to fire them. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful to have an employer that allowed me to work, even though everybody was vaccinated. And my employer said, Tina, this is your choice. Thanks, thanks a lot for the call, Tina. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, so Tina is really happy that the mask mandate is uh, is lifted. John, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good. So what have your experiences been like since Monday? Well, you know what? So I'm going to get groceries there on uh, Monday, mm-hmm. Monday morning, I guess. So it's kind of like the, the fresh start. And I go into Freshco mm-hmm. and... I'd say 90% of the people had masks on, and so I'm, you know, I, I have it off because I couldn't wait to get rid of it. I'm, I hate wearing a mask. I don't know if it's just I don't feel I can breathe. I feel, I, I know it's, some of it's probably psychological, but I just wanted that mask off. I hated wearing a mask. I felt bad for my kids having to go to school every day, eight hours a day with a mask. Mm-hmm. Looks like I have a job that uh, I didn't need it. But the good story that I called was. I found another guy who didn't have his mask on. We're both in the vegetable fruit section there. Mm-hmm. We looked at each other. We kind of gave a head nod and we high fived as we passed each other. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And this no was words, on- no word spoken. Just uh, hey, we know what's going on, and aren't, aren't we glad to be free? And yesterday I was at my kids' hockey game. They're in the playoffs, a uh, little tournament there in uh, Grand River. And yeah, I think fifty fifty. So it's, it's they're they're slowly coming off, and I'm glad. And it's time to it's time to get back to normal. And 
not to get into conspiracy theories, but I've actually done a little bit of science. When the pandemic first started and Theresa Tam and everyone says, uh, don't, you don't have to wear a mask, don't wear a mask, they're, they're not really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you try to find those same Google searches and same uh, little videos that they used to say that's not good. You can't find them anymore. That's scary because I watched it right when it started. And then I said, hey, mom, dad, let me show you about this thing about the mask. Our, our, yeah. chief, our chief public officer said that's not good. I can't find it anymore. Where did it go? Yeah. Now, John, I would suggest try a different search engine. Because sometimes <laughs> I, 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 I've found, I've, I've, seriously, because sometimes I find when I'm looking for something and it doesn't show up on Google or it's on page 38, if I go to a different search engine, like, like DuckDuckGo is a good one, it pops up right away. You know what? I think we do need at least a, a rival search engine yeah. having Google right on that. All right, cool. Thanks a lot for the call, John. So this half hour, or since the mask mandate has been lifted on Monday, have you gone out? What has your experience been like? Did you wear a mask? Did you not wear a mask? And how do you feel about the whole thing in the four days since the mask mandate has been lifted? 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands free. Jim, go ahead. Good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. So uh, I went to Zares, mm-hmm. and I, probably 75% of the people were wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I went to Walmart, same thing, 75% of people wearing masks. I was curious when I went to the bank and the tellers, I'd say maybe only 20% were wearing masks. Oh, really? That's the tellers themselves? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and then last night I went to the uh, Prospects game, mm-hmm. and I would suggest at least 80% of people were not wearing masks. Interesting, yeah, because the Leafs played last night at home, too, and there was a story on the news last night about this is the first game, Leafs game since the mask mandate, and they were wondering what was going to happen. So 80% of people at the odd were not wearing masks, you said, last night, eh? Yeah, and I don't know. I just felt it was a little freer. I had my mask with me, mm-hmm. but I was pretty isolated where I was sitting, so I didn't put it on. Plus, I had a couple of wobbly pops. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought the bank was interesting in the in the hockey game, remasks. Yeah, I, and, and I, anywhere I've gone since Monday, I've had my mask in my pocket just in case. Yeah. You know, because some businesses still are asking their customers to wear a mask, and if I were to encounter that situation, I'd put it on and just yeah. move on, yeah. Yeah, now that we've got a choice, it doesn't seem to be that big a deal anymore. Right. Yep. All right, that's, great. That's thanks. all I had to say. Great. Thanks for the call, Jim. Yeah, the, uh, the top prospects game at the odd last night, 80% of people not wearing masks. So There you go. That's awesome. All right, let's continue on the phones. Jason, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Good. Um, okay, I actually got two comments. Okay. Um, first comment, um, so I took a cab, and it was actually one of my buddies because I take city cabs. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on uh, disability, so I have medical transportation to all my doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was going to take his uh, barrier down. And I told him because the uh, Omicron variant and all these new variants that are coming our way, mm-hmm. it's probably not a good idea for him to take the barrier down just yet. Okay, yeah. Um, and that's uh, the other thing that I was going to say about the uh, them taking all these vaccination clinics down. Um, is it a good idea for them to take them down when we have all these new variants heading our way? Um, 
is a good idea just yet. Now, are they know? taking them down or are they just moving them to a smaller location? Brittany, do you know that? Um, I know the one that, that was at the former Kitchener bus terminal is, is closing, but I thought I heard that they were just kind of moving it to a, a slightly smaller location because the demand wasn't there the way it used to be. So, I don't know. Like I heard that a lot of them are closing down and mm-hmm. like, done. Right. Well, if there's a need for them, I'm sure they will pop back up as well, right? So I don't think they're going to go away quite yet completely. But I just think it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for the call, Jason. So this half hour, what's your life been like since Monday? Have you gone out? Did you wear a mask? Did you feel weird if you didn't wear a mask? I, I did. Particularly in the drugstore, maybe I should have worn it in the drugstore just because it was that's you know that's that, that's the kind of business that it is. But I went to the Fairway Mall on Monday evening just for the purposes of really I wanted to snoop around. I wanted to what is the mask situation here? And despite my wife and I promising up and down that we weren't going to spend anything, we walked out spending about $80 at the mall (laughs) on Monday night. But uh, yeah, I went to Fairway Mall on Monday night and about 75 to 80% of people were still wearing masks. And I'd be curious, maybe I'll go back tonight Mm -hmm. because I wonder if, you know, that number might decrease in only a few days. You know, could you see a few people not wearing masks and then... Maybe people think, I might try it next time. So, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570. Jason, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, more of a comment. Uh, just We got an email, um, and someone has braces, and going to the orthodontist. Mm-hmm. And I just found it odd that they're keeping their mask mandate when... As soon as you get in the chair, the mask is coming off. That is kind of a, an interesting one. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the answer for that is, Jason. Yeah. I don't know either. I just found it kind of peculiar that you're required to wear a mask, you know, the ten or twenty feet from the inside the door to the mm-hmm. office chair or to the dentist chair. Yeah. Hmm. I never thought of that. <laughs> I have been to the dentist since. Like I went, I don't know, maybe three, four months ago. I was at the dentist, and obviously you have to take the the mask off when they're, you know, when they're doing their thing. But uh, yeah, hmm, never thought of that one. We got time for a few more calls. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five out of town. One eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen, and star five seventy hands free. Have you gone out shopping since Monday? What was it like? Did you feel weird whether or not you wore a mask or not wear a mask? And have you had any experiences? I didn't see anybody in any of my experiences earlier this week lecturing anybody about, well, you should still be wearing a mask. We have the new, you know, variant. Or I didn't see any of that. So maybe <laughs> you like that voice? You like that voice, <laughs> Can Brittany? Can you do the rest of the show in that? <laughs> The answer is no. (laughs) This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly and Brittany in with you today on Kitchener Today on City News 570. We're taking your calls this half hour. What's it been like since the mask mandate has been lifted? Do you have any stories about going out? 519-570-2545-1-800-570-5715 and star 570. Mark, go ahead. 
Yes, thank you. Okay, so Monday I went out without a mask. Mm-hmm. My first visit was to a fast food burger place mm-hmm. where I I was the only one without a mask. In fact, I had people shooting daggers at me. Uh, either they didn't hear about the mandate being lifted or they're just, I, don't, I just don't know. Well, that's giving you like an uh, evil look? Pardon me? This is giving you like a, you know, like the stink eye or what? Yeah, yeah, like a laser, like, what are you doing without a mask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was at a burger, but let's say they were Mick Daggers. Yeah. <laughs> they were shooting daggers. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, the uh, we went to a big box later, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I. She's wearing her mask until two weeks from March break, mm-hmm. because she thinks uh, because of everybody getting together over that period, there may be another break, outbreak. Mm-hmm. So right. she's holding on for two weeks. Uh, I was maybe one of five uh, that had a ma- that did not have a mask on. She made the comment, uh, "Hey, how come it's all old white guys without a mask on?" I I don't know. I so, didn't notice that at the mall on uh, Monday night. A lot of young people weren't wearing masks either. So it's not just yeah. an old white guy thing. <laughs> So, and then another time, uh, before the, just about a week before the mandate was lifted, we were at Conestoga Mall. I was eating an ice cream cone outside of the food court. I had mm-hmm. my mask down mm-hmm. under my chin, and an older guy, he's probably in the 70s, came over and thanked me for not wearing a mask, but I just lowered it. Right, because you were and eating was, your ice cream. I was eating ice cream. You were actively and eating. And then uh, there were some people walking around with... Uh, shirt on without masks on during the mandate that mm-hmm. just said, um, uh, F your masks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm allowed to say that. No, yeah. no, but you didn't. But, so. Yeah, I probably will keep on my, keep my mask on when I'm in mass, uh, when I'm in a, like an airplane. Uh, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, and I think it is still mandatory in airplanes, at least for now, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. I think yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I I don't even know anyone who contracted COVID. I flew to BC three times during COVID and Cuba once. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all is well. I, I don't know, but uh, I guess we've got another round coming, mm-hmm. but I guess we'll see what yeah. happens. All right, cool. Thanks for the call, Mark. And we have 30 seconds for Dan. Go ahead, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Good. So I am actually loving not wearing a mask mm-hmm. and... All I want to say is even my daughter that's four years old going to junior kindergarten is so excited not to wear a mask because she complains how much it bothers her breathing. Mm-hmm. Her mask come back soaked from school. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy that they've dropped this mandate. And for all the people that are wearing masks, that are giving dirty looks to the people that aren't wearing masks, mm-hmm. all I got to say is live your life. You yeah. do you. And I do me, and that's that. Great. Thanks, uh, thanks, Dan. We have to go to the news. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly in with you today on Kitchener Today on City News 570. As Ontario approaches the start of the peak construction season, the Canadian Automobile Association has launched its annual Worst Roads campaign. And after our guest, we're going to be asking you, where's the worst pothole in the region? They really seem to be popping up. So if you want to call now, you can. But uh, first, we're going to be talking to Teresa D. Felice. She is the Assistant Vice President of Government and Community Relations for CAA. Um, 
Ontario. Teresa, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Uh, How long has CAA been asking for these annual submissions? We are in our 18th year of the campaign. And so so why did this campaign start? Because I know CAA has been around for decades. So this is obviously a newer thing in, uh, you know, in your arsenal. It it really was probably one of the first crowdsourcing information gathering uh, campaigns uh, that that uh, that has happened. Now they're they're more common, but it it really was to give people uh, a voice and and to explain where what pain points they were having on the roads that they travel, um, and to let their their decision makers, local decision makers, know what what was bothering them in their daily travels. So you're asking for submissions right now. When will the list be out? So uh, we are asking people to go to caaworstroads.com, and you have until April 19th to nominate your roads. We then take a little bit of time with um, the list or, or, or the roads that have sort of uh, bubbled up to the, the top of on Ontario 10 worst roads. We mm-hmm. also have regional lists across the province. And then we work with uh, some stakeholders over at the Ontario Road Builders Association, they have the technical expertise uh, and engineers on, on staff that help us uh, understand a more technical issue about what, what's causing the problem, what kind of fixes. Is it just a simple repaving and those are shorter, less costlier repairs? Mm-hmm. Or is this the type of road that needs a major reconstruction, which you know causes a little bit more frustration, but you end up with sometimes new water main or sewer work, as well as a, a beautiful newly paved road on top of it. Do you find that some of the same roads keep coming back year after year? In some cases they do, and and usually these are roads with a a much bigger fix that's needed. Uh, You know, so for instance, and and it depends on whose responsibility. So in 2021, Kitchener Street East um, was on the Western Regional List, Mm -hmm. and the Regional Council did allocate $5 million for rebuilding sections in 2021, with plans for a bigger project and a bigger fix uh, in, in other parts of, of that or other stretches of that roadway. But from year to year, we also see some variety. So last year, the top road in the province was out in Prince Edward County, and it was local residents, a local business a farmer who put up signs to say, we need to get this, this road fixed. Oh, wow. Attention. Yeah, and so they, they started a grassroots campaign, and it elevated it. It was so successful, it made the number one worst roads uh, worst road in the province. What were some of the worst roads in Waterloo Region on last year's list? Do you have any of those handy? Yeah, so Kitchener, as I mentioned, Kitchener Street East was in the Western uh, Regional List. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we haven't had a lot of roads uh, over the years from, from the last few years. In 2017, we had Weber Street East. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, a bit of a, a pain point for people. Um, I can tell you right now, although it hasn't bubbled as far up as like a top 10 or a top five in the region, we are seeing uh, Needle, Iron Needle Boulevard in Waterloo mm-hmm. and, um, and River Street East are, are getting, getting some popularity right now. So does CAA go back, like, you know, like look at, you know, a year later to see if these ro- how much improved some of the roads were that were on the list? Do they follow do. up at all? Yeah, we do. We follow the roads. We follow the not the, you know the top list, the top ten, and the mm-hmm. five, and the top five, and all the different regionals. Uh, first of all, we we put out a communication to all of those uh, communities, uh, that all of those 
municipal leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what we found in our recent survey in January is that 72% of people are talking about poor road conditions, but they're only talking about them with their spouse, their family, and their friends. Very few, uh, actually only 3%, are actually elevating it to to their local officials. Um, And then we kind of see where those roads are on the list right now. And then sometimes we get some announcements uh, from local decision makers that they've moved up a fix on a road. Uh, or they send out some pothole, crew, you know, crews and, and to get the, the attached up. Um, and then each year we report on which roads have been fixed as well. We highlight um, the good work that decision makers are doing to respond to what they're hearing from constituents. And, you know, infrastructure doesn't, I mean, obviously it's it's very important, particularly roads, but you don't hear a lot about, infrastructure like on a in an election campaign for instance it's it's not really a sexy campaign issue to go uh, if you elect me i'm gonna fix all the potholes <laughs> yeah i mean it it's it depends on yeah the year depends on the election most roads in the province fall under municipal government mm-hmm. but of course municipal government has such huge responsibilities uh it's fire ambulance it's it's water, it's uh, rec- parks and recreation, um, it's public health, uh, you know, that's been a hot topic in the last two years. Um, but roads, yeah, they don't, it's not often a, a door-knocking issue, but it's an important one for so many reasons. For safety, uh, it's great for, in, it's great for uh, economic recovery and creating jobs in the community. Um, and obviously, you know, it's, it's something that people, pain points are in terms of people who are, um, experiencing damage to their vehicles. So it, it does bubble up in, in bits and pieces, but not always at an election uh, door knocking or, or town hall. What are the most common complaints you hear from your members every year around roads? Yeah, predominantly the campaign we hear is about poor road infra- surface, like those potholes or ruts uh, that cause sort of the daily uh, grind on your vehicle and the up and down. But sometimes we all, we also, the campaign allows you to vote or nominate roads, whether it be for congestion, poor timing of traffic lights, mm-hmm. as well as for pedestrians and cyclists to talk about infrastructure, um, you know, maybe no sidewalks on, on some roads that are a concern that have all of a sudden had an influx of housing built into them uh, or lack of cycling infrastructure in, in areas that uh, people want to be able to find a different way to get around. Are road problems like this, you know, potholes and and such, this is more common, I guess, in cold weather climates. Would that be safe to say? You know, our climate is is very challenging on the road infrastructure. And, and of course, the the industry has responded with different, you know, um, types of materials to address. So you could... You could fill potholes in the winter with a different type of material than you would use in the warmer Mm -hmm. uh, environments. But, you know, that's this year we had a lot of precipitation. We had a lot of snow, and then we had really warm-up periods where there was a lot of melt, but then it got cold, and while it was melting, that freezing made it ice. And that expansion creates more ruts, creates more potholes in our roads. Does the material that the roads are made out of, would would that fix potholes at all? I know that sometimes I'm driving, particularly in the United States, a lot of roads, it seems, are made out of concrete. But that might be too expensive, I guess, right? It's concrete's very expensive, and you know one of the challenges with municipal budgets is they don't grow exponentially each year. Um, otherwise, I think we'd have other conversations about taxes and whatnot. 
Um, and so, you know, other materials like asphalt and, and other mixes are, are more appropriate. And, and concrete, like you said, is, is longer lasting. Um, you know, we see more concrete on things like the Highway 407, mm-hmm. right, that, that, that sort of people are paying into. But in order to fix more roads, as well as be able to, um, you know, deal with the climate issues, they tend to use other materials. So how can we nominate a street? How can we get involved? Yeah, yeah so we encourage everybody to go to caaworstroads.com to nominate their top roads. Uh, you can go back every day and nominate. You can nominate more than one. And you have until April 19th to do so. Uh, and then we have some work to do, and then we'll be putting out the list uh, a little later. Great. Thank you very much, Teresa, for your time this afternoon. Thank you. My pleasure. Teresa Felice, she is Assistant Vice President of Government and Community Relations at CAA. So they are asking for your submissions for the worst roads, and you can do that at uh, online, CAA, Worst Roads. Dot com and they're submitting uh, they're accepting submissions until April 19th. So the snow is melting. What has your experience been out on the roads? Uh, 519-570-2545. Out of town 1-800-570-5715 and star 570. The potholes are starting to show up here in Waterloo Region and everywhere else, of course. But, of course, we're talking about Waterloo Region. Where are some of the worst roads right now in Waterloo Region? 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands-free. Kyle, go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know me. I do a lot. Of, I do, like, 300 to 400 kilometers a day of driving in the yeah. region alone. Um, Wallenstein... If you're taking 86 between Elmira and uh, Wallenstein, that's mm-hmm. brutal. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of places. Like I could, I, I could probably draw a map and just circle areas where I think there's a lot of like, um, you know, I, I think it's more the country roads I think are worse than they they are within the city, to be honest. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. But there's a lot. Don't forget, there's a lot more dirt roads in the area too, right? Right. I mean, when I'm when I'm taking those dirt roads and stuff, they're just I mean, they do a good job, but. You know, within within a couple of uh, rainfalls, it's washed out, and uh, you know the horse and buggies—they don't help out either. They, you know, they're putting the tracks in and stuff. Yeah, like, so that's what really causes it. But yeah, I've noticed uh, country roads for me is uh, worse than uh, the inner city for sure. Uh, you know, I could I could I probably slow down like ninety percent of the time just to slowly go over a pothole, and there's sometimes where I'm like. You know, did I just hit one? You get just hear bang. And yeah, it's, nailed it right. So. You know what? I I hear you. I I think those those country roads actually can be worse because again, uh, you know, you have the the rainfall and you just those those dips and valleys in the road are uh, a lot. And my wife and I, the last time we went down to Las Vegas, we rented a car. And we drove up to Pahrumpf, Nevada, which is about it's about an hour from Vegas. There's a couple of casinos up there, but it's right near the California border. It's it's right there, right near the California Nevada border. And my wife and I are driving around. And we're like, and you know, the, our GPS. I said, you know, let's just go to California. Like we're right there. Like just just drive over the the border. Step out of the car to say we step foot in California. You know, we're not going to L.A. or anything like that. And so 
the road that the GPS told us to take was it was rough. It was it was an unpaved road, dirt road, and I drove maybe a hundred feet down this road and said, you know what, I I don't want to chance this. These these dips in the in the country, it's too much. <laughs> I don't know how far the California border is. It might just be you know, a half a mile away for all I know, but I I don't want to chance it. I, I like it would be faster for me to walk down that road than to drive with how careful I was dro- driving down that, that dirt road. So I turned around and I came back <laughs> to Nevada. Never did end up stepping foot in California, but some of the country roads can be uh, pretty bad. That's for sure. So we're, we're asking you right now on the, on the, you know, the CAA Worst Roads campaign is out. You can nominate your worst road at caaworstroads.com. That is open till April 19th. We're also taking your phone calls. Where are some of the worst roads in Waterloo Region right now? John Doe, go ahead. You know, I'm not sure about Waterloo Region, but I'll tell you a little story. First mm-hmm. time I flew into Anchorage. I had a bit of time to kill, uh, you know, I was there on business and that. So I thought, well, you know, it's not that far. I'm going to drive to the Arctic Circle. And I mentioned this to the rental car agent. I, mm-hmm. you know, I said, how long would it take me to get up there? <laughs> uh, he doesn't even, uh, you know, he's st- still looking at me. He just points over his left shoulder. I said, what? He says, you know, the sign. I look up, and the sign says, no rental cars allowed on the Dalton Highway. <laughs> oh, really? Was, was the highway was that bad? Uh, there was a reason for it. <laughs> Okay. You know, there were sections that were good, you know, but uh, generally speaking, no rental cars were allowed on the Dalton Highway. You take them on there, and uh, you're going to have problems. Wow. All right. Thank, thanks a lot, John. Uh, yeah. it's. I guess the road was so bad to the point where even the rental car agency said you can't drive your car on that road. 519-570-2545, out of town, one 800 570 5715 and star 570. Where's the worst road you've been on recently? Patty, go ahead. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Are you there? Hello. I'm there. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. I'm just at getting to work. So up in Elmira, Barn mm-hmm. Swallow Drive um, is horrible. It runs out to 86 and goes down and swerves around. I think it becomes something else mm-hmm. right down and joins up with 85 North. Barnswallow Road. Yeah, Barnswallow Drive. So okay. anyway, lots lot horrible just because it's a road I travel because I work at the nursing home that's right on that road. Right. And so you drive that regularly, and it's pretty bad? I do, I do, and you really got to watch out. And so brutal at night, of course, mm-hmm. so I take it real slow. Anyway, a... I mean, there's a lot around. Even I was doing the 401 um, on the weekend heading east, and I had to really watch out, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to watch because it's happening. It happens every time this year. Great. Yeah, thanks a lot for the call, Patty. Yeah, it, it, here right on Iron Needles Boulevard, actually, which are... Our guest, uh, Teresa from CAA, mentioned uh, it's made it on the list the last couple of years. And on Iron Needles here between the boardwalk and I guess it would be I guess it would be Highland Road on in the right lane. There's a few. I don't even know if I would refer to them as potholes, but there's a few dips in the road and you can see that they've tried to patch it in the past. So now when I'm driving that way. When I'm driving away from the radio station back home, 
these days I'm staying in the left lane because the right lane is a little bit uh, a little bit bumpy on Ira Needles these days in that stretch. Do you have a worst road in Waterloo Region right now? 519-570-2545, out of town 1-800-570-5715, and star 570. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. We are asking people to go to caaworstroads.com and you have until April 19th to nominate your roads. We then take a little bit of time with um, the list uh, bubbled up to the, the top of on Ontario 10 Worst Roads. And then we work with uh, some stakeholders over at the Ontario Road Builders Association. They have the technical expertise uh, and engineers on, on staff that help us uh, understand a more technical issue about what, what's causing the problem. Teresa D. Felice, Assistant Vice President of the Government and Community Relations for CAA. CAA has launched its annual Worst Roads campaign and asking you to submit some of the worst roads that you've seen, not just in Waterloo Region, but anywhere in Ontario at caaworstroads.com. You can do so until April 19th. She said locally over the last couple of years, Weber Street is on the list. River Road is on the list. And I yeah, I can attest to River Road. I used to live in that area a few years ago. And River Road can be rough in places. So yeah, Weber, River Road, Iron Needles also on the list of some of the worst roads in Waterloo Region. I was also interested to hear Teresa mentioned that it's not just things like you know, pot potholes or, or, or bumpy roads, you can also nominate a worst road because of just simple traffic congestion or, you know, unsynchronized traffic lights, that sort of thing. So, again, caaworstroads.com, and that list will be out in June, sometime in June, I think, usually, is when the list is compiled. Coming up after the news... A little thought that I had the other day when talking to Mike Farwell off the air, why we should care about debts and deficits. You know, you hear all the time that the the debt is going up and we need to get it under control, but you look out the window and the sun is still shining. So we're going to be speaking with Anthony Davies. He's Associate Professor of Economics at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. That's coming up next on Kitchener Today on City News 570. Welcome back to City News 570. Kitchener Today. Producer Polly in with you today. So the other day I'm having a conversation with Mike Farwell, and he's talking about this, you know, this coalition, if you want to call it, uh, that the Liberals and the NDP have have struck a deal with. And I said to him, I said, you know, I wonder, I wonder what they're going to try and push through now that there's we're not going to be any real opposition. And Mike Farwell said to me, he said, I wonder how they're going to pay for it. And that brought to mind a question that I've often wondered because we hear about government debts and deficits. And some people are concerned about it and some aren't. And I think we do need to be concerned about it. But even me, I sometimes I, you know, I follow uh, 
politics and economics as closely as I can. Sometimes I don't even quite understand the full ramifications of this. So with us now to discuss this is Anthony Davies. He's an associate professor of economics at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Anthony, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So for those of you who might not, uh, or for those those of us who might not know you, give us a brief bio. Who is Anthony Davies? I'm Associate Professor of Economics at Duquesne University. My specialty is statistical analysis, and I co-host the weekly podcast, Words and Numbers, where we talk about uh, current events through the eyes of an economist and a political scientist. Yes, I was going to mention that. We were talking over email yesterday. I do listen to the podcast. I do and do enjoy the work that you and James are doing. That's great. Um, When we're talking about, you know, debt versus deficit. So let's, let's set the parameters. What what is debt and what is deficit and why do people might get the two confused? An easy um, analogy is a credit card. You go out for dinner and you charge it on the credit card. That's like a deficit. And that builds up with every other time you've gone to dinner, you purchased something, you put it on the credit card and the balance on the credit card keeps going up and up. That's the debt. So deficit is is an annual addition to the debt. And the debt isn't something to worry about unto itself because we say things like, well, how's the government going to pay it off? The government's not going to pay off the debt, and that's perfectly fine. In the same way that you don't need to pay off your credit card, all you got to do is make the minimum monthly payments. Mm -hmm. But that's where the problem comes up because if the debt gets large enough, it starts to become very difficult to make those minimum monthly payments. So when government goes into debt... Where does this money come from? Like I, because it's like if I, if I, you know, I might go to a friend of mine and say, uh, "Oh, can you loan me twenty dollars? I'll, you know, I'll pay you back." So, it, does this come from other countries, or do they somehow manage to borrow the money from themselves? How does that work? Where does that debt come from? It comes from. Any place that the government can find that's willing to to lend it money. Uh, A lot of the federal debt is loaned by Americans, uh, American citizens, American companies. Every time when you were a kid, if your grandparents ever gave you a treasury bond uh, for Christmas, that's your grandparents loaning money to the federal government. And what you get in exchange is a treasury bond. It's an IOU. So much of that comes from the American people. A lot of it comes from foreign governments and foreign companies. And the single largest lender is the Social Security Trust Fund here in the United States, where the Social Security Trust Fund takes in workers' uh, payroll taxes, and it uses that to pay for retirees, their pensions. And over the past, so whatever, 50, 75 years, the Social Security Trust Fund in this country has built up a surplus. And guess who borrowed it? The federal government. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, here in Canada, we had the Canadian pension plan, a very similar thing. I I don't think the Canadian pension plan is in as much trouble as the, uh, the American system. But I know I've heard you mentioned before that you had a great YouTube video, I think, like seven myths about government debt. One of the things was that some some people believe that debt that government holds isn't really debt because you owe the money to yourself. Is that right or wrong? Yeah, that this is a thing that politicians love to say, that, you know, the debt isn't as bad as what we think it is because much of that money is money we owe ourselves. And they're pay, playing fast and loose with the definition of ourselves. And they're referring, of course, to the money that the federal government has borrowed from the Social Security Trust Fund. And... You know, I guess on one sense, you can say it's the government borrowing from itself 
if we're ready to admit that the retirees are not entitled to that money. If, on the other hand, that's actually money that belongs to retirees, the federal government is just holding on to it until it's their, they reach retirement age, well, then it's not the federal government borrowing from itself. It's the federal government borrowing from retirees. It, it, can, can the government go bankrupt? Didn't we see that in Greece a few years ago? Technically, no. Practically, yes. And here's what I mean by that. Technically, no, in that the government can print as much money as it likes. Now, Greece has a problem because Greece is now on the euro and Greece doesn't print euros. Mm -hmm. In the United States and in Canada, we print our own currencies, so our governments could print as much as they wanted, and technically speaking, they wouldn't go bankrupt. Now, practically speaking, that's another matter, because the more the government prints, the more inflation we get, and inflation is quite literally stealing purchasing power from your dollars and from my dollars and handing it to the federal government. So what happens is the federal government prints money to pay for its bills. It's really taking our purchasing power from us and using it to pay for its bills. So I, the real question that I uh, kind of wanted to have you on here, let's get to the golden question. Should we be worried about government debt? Because, you know, we hear that the debt is going up, but the sun keeps coming up every morning. Not much seems to change in our in our practical lives. Why why is why should this be a concern? Yeah, and this is go back to the credit card analogy. It's a very similar thing. You could say, why should I be concerned about how much I have charged on my credit card? Because I can still go out to the clubs every night and I can buy whatever I want. I just hand over my credit card and they swipe it, and all of that's well and good and it looks like you're living great until your credit card company says, that's enough, we're not loaning you any more money. And now all of a sudden you have a problem. And so too here in the United States, the federal government has borrowed so much money that it's quite literally running out of places on planet Earth to borrow more. And so more and more with each passing year, the Federal Reserve is having to print dollars and hand them over to the federal government because the federal government can't manage to borrow the dollars from anywhere else. So what... What would the world look like a hundred years from now if if spending continues on the same track? Obviously, we don't know for sure, but what could happen? I don't, I don't think spending can continue on the same track for the next hundred years, and and I think we've probably got maybe ten to fifteen. And here's the big thing in this country: the Social Security Board of Trustees estimates that Social Security will become insolvent in the next seven to ten years. So at that point, there's, there's no more money there to pay out retirees. And one of several things has to happen. Either workers are going to have to pay 20% more in payroll taxes, or retirees are going to have to take a 20% haircut on their retirement benefits. And you can imagine, neither of those groups of people are going to tolerate either of those things. So we're kind of running headlong into a brick wall here. When Social Security becomes insolvent, it becomes very unclear what happens. The most likely scenario, in my opinion, is that the Federal Reserve is going to have to take up the slack by printing money. And what that means is we will probably be looking in the United States at 5 to 10% inflation on an ongoing basis for the foreseeable future until something fundamental changes. And the fundamental change has to be the federal government living within its means. 
Yeah, we we've heard that. I've heard callers on this radio station before when we're talking about different financial uh, problems that there might be out there, and I've heard people say, "Why can't they just print more money? Why, why is that not a seizable solution?" And that's an interesting thing. We, economists have a name for that. We call it money illusion. The idea that, that people focus on the dollars and think it's the dollars that matter. And you have to step back and realize for a moment, dollars only matter in as much as I can hand them to someone and that person will give me goods and services. It's the goods and services that really matter. And so you can print as many dollars as you like, and that doesn't help anybody because you haven't produced any goods and services. It's the goods and services that we need. And so as the government prints more and more money, uh, all that happens is prices start going up and up. We don't have any more things than we had before. They just all become more expensive. Some people will say, tax the rich. That'll balance the books. (laughs) Is that a solution? (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, well... There's, it's interesting because it's easy to say things like that, but it's much harder when you sit down and look at the actual numbers. And it turns out that if you look in the United States at the top 1% of, of wage earners, we can say, well, we should tax them more. They're currently paying more, even after their deductions and exemptions and all of that. They're paying far more than everybody else is paying. There's not much more to be wrung out of that group of people. The The big win for government is if it can turn its attention to the middle classes, the lower middle class, the middle middle class, the upper middle class. Those groups are being taxed at a far, far lower rate than the top 1%. And collectively, that group earns twice as much money as the top 1%. So in a lot of ways, it's the untapped gold mine. And as soon as politicians can figure out a way to make it politically viable to tax that group of people, that's who they're going to go after. You alluded to it. I mean, we can't continue on this path forever. At some point, we're going to have to tackle the the issue of deficits and debt. But this won't be popular with a lot of people. Certainly, won't be politically. You're not going to go onto a, a like like a political campaign. It's you know you, you you promise different things different. It's not going to be politically convenient to finally say we really need to cut something here. No, it, it's not going to be, and this is why it hasn't happened. This is a problem that has been brewing for I'd say sixty years or more, and it's been brewing that long precisely because of what you say. It's not politically popular to solve this problem, and so politicians will happily kick it on to the next generation of politicians uh, and let them deal with it. Now, in the United States, we, every now and again, the debt ceiling will be increased. We don't, I haven't ever heard of anything like that happening in Canada, but does the debt ceiling mean anything anymore if, the, if politicians can just vote to increase the, the ceiling? Yeah, it's funny. It's, if, again, going to the credit card analogy, the debt ceiling is exactly like you saying, you know what, I've been charging a lot I'm not going to charge anymore. I'm going to put a limit on how much I charge. I'm not going to charge more than $100 today. And you go and you spend $100 by 10 o'clock in the morning. And you say to yourself, you know what? This isn't working. Today, I'm not going to charge more than $150. And and that's exactly what happens. It's Congress trying to put limits on itself. Well, who can undo those limits? It was Congress. And that's exactly what happens. In the U.S. for the past, oh, I don't know what, 30 years maybe, on average, Congress has raised the debt ceiling every six months. Oh, every six months, it, it runs out of money. It decides it needs to spend more than it promised it was going to spend. 
So how are you feeling about the future? Are you optimistic or pessimistic that things are, are eventually will change? How do you feel about it? I'm, I'm actually optimistic, strange as all of this may sound, because we're bumping up now against something that's neither economic nor political. It's the laws of mathematics. We're going to hit a point in the next maybe 7 to 15 years where it's just mathematically impossible for things to continue the way they're going. And at that point, everybody's going to have to step back and take a deep breath and ask some serious questions we have been putting off for over a century. And those questions are, what is the appropriate role of government in society? And consequently, what are the appropriate limits on what the government can do? We blew those limits away starting about 100 years ago. And that's what's put us in the current position that we're in. Anthony, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. My pleasure. Thank you. Anthony Davis is Associate Professor of Economics at Duquesne University and one half of a great podcast uh, called Words and Numbers. And uh, yeah, just a question that came to my mind the other day, why we should care about debts and deficits. If you have a comment on this, give us a call, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. You could say, why should I be concerned about how much I have charged on my credit card? Because I can still go out to the clubs every night and I can buy whatever I want. I just hand over my credit card and they swipe it. And all of that's well and good. And it looks like you're living great until your credit card company says, that's enough. We're not loaning you any more money. And now all of a sudden you have a problem. And so too here in the United States, the federal government has borrowed so much money that it's quite literally running out of places on planet Earth to borrow more. Anthony Davies is Associate Professor of Economics at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh and one half of the Words and Numbers podcast. I think on that podcast, I think Anthony is the numbers. And his co-host, James, is the words, because Anthony always has the, the economic numbers. So if you have a comment about uh, government debt and deficits, I'd love to hear from you. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. John, go ahead. Hey, I assume the problem in Canada is very similar in terms of our debt. And the following comment is not meant to be insensitive to the current happenings in the world, but... Mm-hmm. We, we sit here and, and we have all the debt, but all of a sudden, overnight, magically, another country is in need, you know, Ukraine, for example, and it's a horrible thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And we come up with 500, 600, 700, 800 million dollars out of nowhere. Uh, and then you can, you can appreciate how the middle class is sitting there going, and then you're going to turn around and say, well, we're spending too much money and you need to, we need to be taxed more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, where does this, where is that money coming from? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm not involved in that, obviously. I don't know where the money comes from. I don't know if they print it or they just put it on the credit card, as Anthony was talking about. Yeah, I don't know, John. Right. So, right. It's, you know, it's, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't help them and help others in the future, but it, this is very hard for the John, you know, the average Joe to understand how any of this works. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Great. Thanks for the call, John. It's it, it's difficult balancing act sometimes. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, with uh, the nuptials that were just pronounced between the NDP and the Liberals, mm-hmm. hang on to your wallet. 
fiscal responsibility does not seem to be part of either one of their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And and I hear that the NDP uh, want are in for this because they want Trudeau to spend more money on their social programs, which we can hardly afford right now. So we're going to get, what, all this extra benefits from health care, glasses, um, uh, teeth, uh, whatever he's, he's asking for. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend a lot of money with this um, with this union between these two guys. Yeah, it's it's it could be a bumpy ride going forward in the next couple of years for sure. Jason, go ahead. Yeah, I've been concerned about this for a long time because you look at our health care system, we already can't afford that. It's crumbling, it's falling apart, it, and we just can't afford it. But now we're going to add pharmacare and all this other dental care. We're going to add uh, a basic income so everybody, whether you want to work or you don't want to work, you get two thousand bucks a month. We're going to we're going to pay for people to have houses if they don't want to work. We're going to pay for this. We're going to pay for that. It's like well, we can't do it. And you see, in every socialist country, they start off great because the government starts paying paying for everything and everybody's all happy. But the money runs out and everything crumbles. So it's. We just can't do it. And we've seen back, I remember when Wynn was in power, she was talking about how nobody has money to, for retirement. So they're going to have to, they up the, uh, so people now will be paying in more so they get more when they retire. But that wasn't for us. That's because the government needs more out of that retirement fund. So they needed to up the payments, but they had to give us something for it. But they don't have to pay us for 40 years. So they, they up that so they can pay for the people retiring now because they don't have the money yeah and that i that's that's an interesting scenario no you know the way the um you know kind of the way government you know retirement plans work because the way it's at least the i don't know if it's literally sold to you this way but certainly the impression i have is that you know when money comes off you know my paycheck every week to be put into the CPP fund. I think a lot of us have the impression that, all right, this money is being set aside, especially for you in a special bank account, a special bank vault, whatever, and it'll be there for you when you retire. But that's not, it's not exactly the way it works. The money that retirees are receiving right now is money that working people paid last week. So, it's not. It would be great if it was put into, you know, a special bank account or a retirement fund or whatever. But that's not how it works. And it's, you know, the I don't know the exact numbers on the on the return on investment. But I was reading. I think yesterday in preparation for this interview, I think the average payment for retirees right now, I think is is it thirteen hundred dollars a month or something like that. And you know, if you think. Whatever money you put into the you know the Canadian pension plan, had you invested that in a private uh, annuity, you know RRSP or or something like that, I think you know over the thirty or forty years of your working life, you'd get back more than thirteen hundred dollars a month. So think of all the money that you put in to the CPP program, and at the end of your working life, you're only receiving thirteen hundred dollars a month. If that was a if that was a bank. If that was a private um, retirement fund, I don't think anybody would sign up for that return on investment. It's an interesting scenario. Jerry, go ahead. Hey, Paulie. I like that point because you're right. It's And we don't have a choice but to sign up for mm-hmm. that. Um, but you, I mean, do you really believe that money we've been putting into CC, C, 
CPP is actually still there. I mean, the government has a wonderful history of, well, we're going to collect it for this. We put it in the general coffers and mm-hmm. it gets spent wherever they feel like spending right. it. But, um, you know, and, you know, are you, we talking about all this stuff, you know, a few days or a week after Trudeau decided to give himself a twenty-three or $25,000 a year pay raise, I certainly never got one. Oh, like I that. missed that I story. Oh, yeah, they, they voted themselves all of these huge pay raises. And then elected officials, you know, after, what is it, six years in office, they get to retire on a full pension. And I correct me if I'm wrong, it starts immediately after they leave office. Something I'd love to have, a, and they get a full pension. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. have to wait till they're 65. And I'm thinking, well, let's, you know, why are we, why do they get all that? And we have to work, work. And you said $1,300 a month after paying into it for 40 years, Mm -hmm. 45 years. Yeah. Pretty sad. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Some people, I guess the counter side of that, some people would say, well, you know, maybe there should be better pensions. Don't, Don't take away my pension. The problem is that your pension isn't good enough. So maybe... Maybe you should unionize and get better pensions or whatever. That's, that, that's the other side of the argument. Lee, go ahead. We've got about 45 seconds. Yes, I'll, just, I'll keep it short. Um, how come the media is not talking about uh, anything about this social credit system that's coming? Because that's, that's going to be all solved. This problem is going to be all solved when this is coming. And nobody's talking about that. What's social so, credit system? Like- a social credit system that it's coming because um, nobody's talking about it, but it is coming. You mean like COVID measures continuing, you know, no, you know you're allowed to do no, certain things? No. and No, I mean the social credit system like they have it in China, the same thing. It's coming. And so that'll be all solved. And the media, I don't hear the media talking about it. I mean, it's all mm-hmm. the, you know, it's all up. You know, every everybody said that they've written books about it, mm-hmm. and it is coming. We can't just sustain this this printing money out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, this is just not going to continue to happen. Everybody's living under that illusion that it's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen, but mm-hmm. it's they, it's going to run out. Great, thanks for the call, Lee. I haven't. I've heard about the social credit system. I haven't looked into it. I know some people are worried that something like that might come here uh, to Canada. Uh, Time for the news. We'll be back right after this on City News 570. So here's what's happening this half hour. Uh, We're just, we got open phones. Because we're not doing free phones Friday tomorrow. Ian McLean is on. He's an interview kind of a guy as opposed to a phones kind of a guy. And that's cool. So we're going to do free phones Friday, but on a Thursday. Let's stick with that. And so anything you want to talk about is fair game for the next half hour. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 5 70. It's it's been an eventful show so far. We started off talking about the uh, you know the mask mandates being lifted, of course, here in Ontario on Monday. And so, if you want to pick up that discussion, you can. Have you gone out since Monday? Have you worn a mask? Have you not worn a mask? 
What did you feel like? Did it feel weird? I, I mentioned earlier, I went out to a couple of places on Monday and didn't wear a mask, and it felt a little weird. Now, my prediction, I, I even mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago, I predicted that when the mask mandate was lifted, that we would see still about 20% of people wearing masks. When I went out on Monday, it was actually the opposite. It was about 80% of people still wearing masks. And it, it is a lot to get used to, for sure. Uh, and I wonder even if I went out to the shopping mall this afternoon, if maybe that number might reduce a little bit to 70 as, as people kind of uh, you know, walk around and see, okay, there are a few people not wearing masks. Maybe I'll try it. So we can do that. Uh, again, the phone, phone, phone number is 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570. Free phones Friday, but on a Thursday. At 1 o'clock, we talked about the CAA Worst Roads campaign. They're accepting nominations right now for the Worst Roads, and you can do that at caaworstroads.com until April 19th. So if you want to nominate the worst road you've seen or if you want to just comment on it here as well, we can do that. And we just finished up a, a great discussion with Anthony Davies, Associate Professor of Economics at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, why we should care about debts and deficits. Uh, you know, I, this was inspired by a conversation that I had with uh, Mike Farwell earlier this week off the air, talking about spending in this liberal NDP coalition. Hey, maybe you want to comment on that as well. Uh, how do you feel about it? How long do you think it's going to last? But uh, Mike Farwell and I were talking about this liberal NDP coalition. And Mike wondered, you know, how are they going to pay for all the things that they're going to try and and push through? And, and that brought to a, uh, you know, a question that I've I often wondered myself: why we should why should we care about government debts and deficits? Because you know we hear all the time, you know, the the deficit is going up, and we need to balance the books. We can't keep doing this forever. Yet you look at your everyday life: the sun comes up every day. You know, it's Nothing seems to change much in your day-to-day life. And so there, you, you hear about this boogeyman deficit, but there's, there doesn't seem to be any, at least immediate effects when you look out your window every morning. And uh, yeah, great conversation with Anthony Davies. I am, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of his. And I know, what kind of an economist has a fan base? <laughs> what kind of a person loves an economist? Hey, I love that economist, man. Yeah, that's kind of the the nerd I can be sometimes. So, yeah, Anthony Davies joined us for an interesting conversation last half hour. Again, uh, phone lines are open. Anything you want to talk about, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570. It is free phones Friday, but on a Thursday. Hugh, go ahead. How are you, Paulie? Good. What do you got for us today? Well, first of all, with the mask uh, mandate being lifted, mm-hmm. in certain circumstances, I will still wear it. If you know, in a place is really crowded. Otherwise, mm-hmm. no. Uh, on the uh, coalition between the Liberals and the NDP, mm-hmm. uh, I I don't like it. I think you know, like. Uh, I just don't like the making a deal like that. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see 
how long that lasts because this really would put uh, really because the next federal election I think is supposed to occur in 2025 if I'm not mistaken and so if the NDP agrees to support the liberals on all their all their major bills until then that that really is effectively a liberal majority although again I wonder how long this is going to last. I have a feeling that it's not going to last until 2025 because I think at some point something will come across the table that the NDP says we didn't agree to this or our constituents are are telling us, no, this is not something that we believe in. And my understanding was, so when the other night when the Liberal Caucus and the NDP caucus met to discuss this uh, this agreement the liberal caucus was right on board with it hey yeah let's do this a lot of people in the ndp caucus were a little bit wary and i i'm not i i think this this deal still kind of has to be confirmed i don't know whether there's going to be a vote on it or whatever because when the news reports came out the other day it was it was pretty much a done deal, but there still had to be uh, some finalization of that agreement. I'm sorry. I think I, I think maybe I hung up on Hugh too early. Sorry, Hugh. You have something else to say? Uh, yes. Uh, um, the other day I was, uh, you know, they were talking about st- uh, famous people you've met. Yeah. And I said I met uh, the Leafs when they were in their uh, golfing. Yes, 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 I remember your call, yeah. And I heard your smart-assy reply, my boy. <laughs> About the Leafs golfing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I wanted to say. All right, great, thanks, Hugh. Yeah, we were talking about, was that yesterday? You know what, I'm going to tell you, this the last week, week and a half, has been a bit of a whirlwind for me, so I can't remember what we talked about on what day, or now that I hosted the Mike Farwell show yesterday, I can't remember what show I was on when I said it, but we were we were asking the question, have you ever been told that you look like a celebrity or have you ever met a celebrity? And Hugh called in. He worked at a golf course, and he was, uh, he was a caddy for one summer. And the Leafs came in and golfed one day, and he was able to be the caddy for, I think, if I remember correctly, I think he said Frank Mahovlich. He was a caddy for Frank Mahovlich. So that was pretty cool. Then, of course, I made the uh, the smart jerk comment that, hey, wait a minute. Oh, because Hugh, that's right, that's what happened. Hugh said this was back in the late 60s when the Leafs were still winning Stanley Cups. And I said, hold on a second. How, how <laughs> If the Leafs were golfing, they couldn't have possibly have been winning Stanley Cups. Of course, of course, that's the joke among hockey players, right? You have hockey season. And you have golfing season. And as soon as you're eliminated from the playoffs, you hit the golf course. (laughs) But Hugh pointed out when he called the other day, the hockey season was shorter back then. So maybe you could, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup was awarded in, you know, April or May. Which, by the way, awarding the Stanley Cup in June, that's too late. The Stanley Cup should not be, hockey should not be played after the month of May. Let's say that, and even that, I think, is being a little bit generous. Of course, just my my opinion. This is Free Phones Friday.
but on a Thursday. Call in about anything you want, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570, hands-free. We had a call just before the news was talking about the social credit system that they have in China, and the caller was not only worried that it would come to Canada, but was convinced that it will at some point. So I just I came across a brief article here from Business Insider. I'm only going to read a couple of paragraphs about it. Maybe I'll do some more research about it after the show. I have heard about the Chinese social credit system, but again, haven't done a lot of real extensive research into it. But the title of this article is China's social credit system ranks citizens and punishes them with throttled internet speeds and flight bans if the Communist Party deals or deems them rather untrustworthy. The Chinese Communist Party has been constructing a moral ranking system for years that will monitor the behavior of its enormous population and rank them all based on their quote-unquote social credit. The social credit system first announced in 2014 is an important component part of the socialist market economy. And the social governance system aims to reinforce the idea that keeping trust is glorious and breaking trust is disgraceful. That's according to a 2015 document. So I I don't know a lot about the Chinese social credit system. I know that something similar occurs in North Korea. I I have done a little bit of research. I am interested in North Korea. It's a very secretive country. They keep things very secret there. But I know that if, like, for instance, if if you defect from North Korea, of course, I don't think you'd ever be able to return, but your family, you know, any, any immediate family you have, any children you might have, and even their children. I think you are, your family is punished for, I think, I think three or four generations. So, you know, for the next 50 or 60 years, your descendants would be punished because you defected from North Korea. And that, that's an extreme example. But uh, so I know something similar happens in North Korea. This is Free Phones Friday, but on a Thursday. Give us a call, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, star 570, hands-free. Rick, go ahead. Hello, Polly. How are you? Good. What do you have for us today? I, I just wanted to say uh, everybody's been doing such a good job. You're doing a good job. Um, the morning crew was good. Uh, with uh, Farwell there calling in a little sick, yeah, you, you should you shouldn't be yelling so much on, you know, on, the, on Wednesday night or Tuesday night there when we were in Windsor. I guess he must have <laughs> lost his voice because he was a yelling on. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> was yeah, it's uh, and plus the Rangers lost on Wednesday night, did they not? No, was, there wouldn't be a lot to yeah. yell about. No, it was a good game. Though. It was really close, and uh, he was uh, like he's doing his job. And I'm sure he wants to get ready for tomorrow night in Guelph. Yeah. But at the end, a uh, more serious note now. You know, this morning, uh, li- listening to uh, uh, some, an interview, and I, I just a little, crawl, like, little thing that burns me a little bit is when people start, start a sentence and say, listen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I think that's very, almost, you know, um, like, not, that's disrespectful, almost a little uh, rude. And, and Mayor Barry this morning, not once, not twice, not three, four times he said, listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, you know, just 
I, I just cond- condescending, I think it is, and I don't like that. And I just wanted to say that a little burr I have. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't like that. Listen. Okay, I mean, that's an interesting point. I, I, I guess, you know, people have different verbal, I don't know, verbal ticks is is the word, but little things that they fall back on. Just like, you know, when people, you know, call into a, a radio show like this, it's it's so easy to start the conversation going, how are you doing today? Because that's a natural way to get into the conversation. But, you know, the host doesn't like being asked, how are you doing, you know, 18 times an hour. But that's that's the thing that people are, I guess, most common with. My, so, and, and I know... So some people maybe just have different things that they fall back on. I don't know if they intentionally mean anything by go, you listen here. I, I don't know if it's meant like that. I know uh, one of our regular callers, I won't mention the name, but uh, I've noticed that with one of our regular callers. They'll often say, hey, listen, blah, 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 whatever their, whatever their point is. So I hear you. I don't know whether – I doubt that people who say that have any, you know, mill intent in doing that. I, I myself occasionally have caught myself going, listen, blah, 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 blah. So it, point taken. And uh, anyway, just my opinion on on that comment. Sean, go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking about when they said, do you look like anybody? Mm-hmm. Well. When I started basic training uh, with the Canadian Forces, somebody decided I looked like Gary Berghoff. Who? Radar O'Reilly from MASH. Okay. Right, 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 right. And I got started to be called Radar. As a nickname. That's kind of a cool nickname. Not, I would like to have that I nickname, it, yeah. You don't even... I found it annoying. And then not <laughs> only that, some of the guys that were being basic training were with me when I went on to Kingston. And it's like, so I got tagged with radar all the way through the armed forces. <laughs> wow. All yeah. right. Cool. All right. That, that's all you had, Sean? That's, oh, oh yeah. The other, well, there is one other thing. Don't call me, people calling me Bud all the time. People calling you Butt? Bud. Bud. Oh, Bud. 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 Buddy. Um, not Fred Flintstone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Thanks for the thanks for the call, Sean. Some some people, some people will have that. Yeah, they'll say. Uh, okay, Brent, can you drop this call? My mouse is not working for some reason. Weird. Anyway, uh, you know what? Let's take a break. Five. Is your is your screen all uh, all messed up? Yeah. Hmm. Let's take a break and figure out what's going on here. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. So this is why you always need to be prepared in the radio world. You never know what's going to happen. You know, I I tend to, I guess at times maybe you could say I over-prepare for my shows because I always anticipate the worst possible scenario could happen. Always have something to go to because, listen, I mean, well, see, I just did it there. <laughs> I remember I just did it. Our caller in the previous segment was talking. He doesn't like when people say, hey, listen, I just did it there. I guess maybe I have the same problem from time to time. 
But anyway, so right near the end of our last segment, I had problems getting rid of a getting rid of such a terrible phrase. Oh, let's get rid of that guy. But you know, one thing leads to a next. So our phone system has gone all weird here. So Brent's looking after that. He'll give the engineering department a call and see what's going on here. But what I was getting to is this is a scenario that any talk show host needs to prepare for. What if the phone lines go down? Well, they just did. What what if a guest canceled at the last second, which sometimes will happen, sometimes two minutes before an interview, a guest will cancel. So little crazy things happen. So always go into this prepared. This is what I always do when I prepare for stuff. Always go into this prepared for the possibility that you will have to talk all by yourself for three hours. The phone lines are going to go down or every guest is going to cancel. So, yeah, our phone lines have gone kind of weird. Anyway, Brent's looking after it. But luckily, coming up after the news, we have, maybe this will interest you and maybe it won't interest you. (laughs) We have an interview coming up with Trish, Trish Status. Status? I can't speak. Trish Stratus. Is that right? Yes, involved in the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, for many, many years. And she spoke with our own Mark Perry earlier this week about a few different subjects. One of them was the launch of Canada's Got Talent, in which Trish is a judge this year on Canada's Got Talent. And they also touched a little bit on Trish's you know, career in the WWE and Mark Perry is not only a huge WWE fan, I found out earlier today he actually has, I don't know if he's worked directly for them, but he's he's worked in conjunction with them in previous parts of his working life. So Mark really knows his stuff when it comes to wrestling. So if you're a wrestling fan... You're going to want to stay tuned. We have an interview coming up in just a few minutes with the one, the only, Trish Stratus. This is City News 570, Kitchener Today. today on City News 570. Producer Polly in with you till 3 o'clock this afternoon. Well, the title of this article is The WWE Returns to the Odd on March 26. So that's what, this, this Saturday night. And I was talking to Mark Perry earlier today. I guess this, obviously with COVID, everything has been put on hold, lots of events, obviously not only wrestling, but almost anything. And the WWE was last in Kitchener, I believe, Mark told me, in March of 2018, I think is what he said. So it's been a long time. And so if you're a wrestling fan, maybe you already have tickets. And I was actually checking this morning. You know, to, I went on hypothetically looked for tickets. I didn't purchase tickets, but 
there were still some tickets available for this Saturday night. It's called the Road to WrestleMania. So earlier this week, our very own Mark Perry had a chance to talk to the one, the only, the legendary Trish Stratus. Now, in this conversation, they talked about a few different things. I want want to put up a a caveat here. One, One of the reasons that we had her on is because she was going to come on and talk about the premiere of Canada's Got Talent, which premiered. Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on City TV. So you will hear references in this interview to the premiere coming up tonight or this or that. But I decided to keep that in because it is still somewhat relevant because Canada's Got Talent will be on City TV every Tuesday for the next at least couple of months anyway. I'm not sure how long uh, those talent shows run. I don't usually watch most of the the talent reality shows. I'm more of a Big Brother fan, which reminds me, I'm also way behind on Big Brother Canada. Probably about four or five episodes behind now. But anyway, so you'll hear references in this interview to Canada's Got Talent and because Trish is a judge. But nonetheless, they started off talking, though, about this wrestling event. So Mark asked Trish... Uh, well, you know what? I think I think we left the question on there, but the first question is about this event, this road to WrestleMania event coming up at the Odd this Saturday. All right, Trish, obviously, welcome. Thanks uh, so much for making the time here. And uh, how exciting, first of all, is it to actually be able to kind of do events like this uh, coming up, uh, obviously, this weekend in Kitchener and in uh toronto on sunday yeah i mean it's definitely like um so number one as an ontarian we are so excited to get out again (laughs) so it's like agreed first of all WWE's in town which is super exciting always i mean of course this is a december event that is being rescheduled so we've been waiting everyone's been waiting including myself um but like we've been in we've been we've been locked down for a while you know um so yeah so to to get out i mean i think this could potentially be the first time a lot of people are getting out and mingling around a crowd as well and it's exciting you know i think it's it's just it's it feels like fitting to be like spring just happened we're getting out there and it's like a nice sign of like we're a resurgence so to speak yeah absolutely i mean sun's out even just out here in kitchener right now i mean yeah. it's it, it feels like spring it feels like uh things are starting to turn the corner here finally without all that yeah, snow it's funny <laughs> Today I took the kids to school and I was like, it just, I was like, it's spring. You just had this like prep in your step, but it was like, it was still one degrees. And we, we were, they were like, we have to put our jackets. I'm like, yeah, we just, so yeah, we're still, we're still, winter, it's still winter E outside, but yeah, there's like <laughs> certain, uh, Je ne sais quoi in the air, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, you're wearing so many hats right now. How are you making the time? I mean, between doing this WWE stuff this weekend, uh, here you're going out to Dallas for WrestleMania week, plus, I mean, City TV obviously doing Canada's Got Talent premiering tonight as well. I yeah. mean, how do you make the time for all this? Oh, my. It's honestly been... Oh, 2022 has been insane. I started off with Canada's Got Talent. We did our semifinals there. Um, and then I, I, I was uh, up north is filming a movie for the whole month of February, basically. Then I came back. And as you've just mentioned, that's what I've been doing. I just got back from New York for my autograph. And I mean, going to New York from like where we're on Ontario, I was like, oh, my goodness, there's hundreds of people and they'll be hugging me. Um, and I have no <laughs> matter. It was just a very, very different from what we were. Just put it this way. I did not ease into like Trish Stratus life. I was in my home mom whatever call it lockdown life and then i was thrust back into the tristrata spotlight which was a great way to do it just like cold turkey on the on the on the pandemic life and just go for it so i I'm, i love it i love it i thrive on 
the energy and just, you know, just going out and doing it. So it's been fun. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying everything. I'm just excited that, you know, to, and also just to include like WWE live events and it all. It's just like, could, couldn't ask for anything else. I'm so, so happy. It's like the cherry on top, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> now the, uh, the weekend that is coming, of course, as mentioned, you're in Kitchener on Saturday, Toronto on Sunday. What can fans expect uh, from you being a, uh, a host? I mean, we've seen you in the ring for so many years. We know what you're capable of inside the ring, but as a host, what can we expect? So I think when I was asked to host, I was kind of like first like, so what does a host do exactly? You know, what does a host do? You know, what, what exactly is required for me? But, you know, I just looked at it like an opportunity to, A, of course, get back and deliver satisfaction to my fans, um, see the fans again, see the excitement, feel the energy. Uh, and then just like looking at the roster and thinking, okay, what would be fun to, you know, where can I like, you know, sub myself in and interact with these superstars and, you know, stuff maybe you haven't seen before. So, you know, I have my eye on Becky Lynch. Um, she had a little go at my bestie, Lita. And so, you know, maybe there'll be some words with her because, you know, she had her, she had her words and I got mine, you know, so we may have a little something, something going on there. Um, you know, and there's just like people I've never, I've never interacted with Austin Theory, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll take a self with him make his pictures finally look good um <laughs> and then you know one superstar i'm really excited to interact with is kevin owens you know um i would say canada's favorite superstar you know it, the cool thing about canadian superstars and we we all all us canadian superstars we like come together about this moment because you know we don't it's like almost like we don't have a hometown everyone knows i'm from toronto he's from montreal it's not the same town but canada wherever you are in canada that's our hometown that's our home country the home the country is our hometown so it's really cool so yeah i'm hoping to interact with kevin owens and i don't know deliver some satisfaction maybe with them or you know i don't know he's he's uh i mean look let's just say if you watched raw last night there was a lot of booze a lot of heat but I'm pretty sure when he comes out in Kitchener and Toronto, there will be no booze whatsoever. And I know we're called Bizarro World at times, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, he's a, definitely a, a Canadian favorite. So yeah, I'm excited to interact with you know people I haven't uh, worked with before. Yeah, it feels like uh, KO's got that whole Bret Hart circa 1997 vibe going to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, right? That's a great point, yeah. Now, uh, I've... Now, you mentioned Becky Lynch, uh, maybe possibly some words there. I mean, obviously, I follow the product and just uh, what she was able to do to Bianca Belair. Is it possible we might even see you back uh, maybe filling in, maybe in a WrestleMania spot if she, uh, if she can't make it? Or what, uh, what might uh, wow. be the deal there? Wow, Mark, I didn't even think of that possibility. I mean, I don't know. Things could go crazy. Things could go down in Kitchener and have to, like, you know, spill over into Raw and then, and then rest. I mean, who knows, right? You never know what's going to go down. I mean, and the cool thing is, is I know WWE like really tries to make their live events special, right? And, and and make it just like a Raw experience or a SmackDown experience, give you that same television experience when you're there. So, um, so it's not just like going out there and like, you know, just having some fluffy matches and some stuff. It's really, they really like put a lot of work into making a great show and, you know, the matches they put together. And, and uh, yeah, I can tell you that we behind the scenes have been look, sort of looking at the card and saying, okay, how can we make this really special um, for the Canadian live events? So, so yeah, you never know. I guess you have to come out to Kitchener or Toronto and see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, I'll be there in Kitchener on Saturday night. And I have one last thing before I let you go. We're getting to, to about that time. I got to get in that quick plug on Canada's Got Talent coming up tonight. Um, excited to have it uh, finally hit the airwaves? So excited. Not only to hit the airwaves, which, you know, obviously working on a show and then finally seeing it come on air is going to be so exciting tonight um but like having this platform for canadian talent you know we have so many talented people and i don't know about you but do you watch agt at all like america's got talent oh, yeah. like when you watch it 
you see a Canadian come on and you're just like, okay, like you were rooting for them. I was like, that's our boy. That's our girl. You know what I mean? Um, so to be able to give our talented Canadians a platform to do this and bring their, you know, their talent to the country and, and worldwide, really, with, you know, the platform, the social media and, you know, YouTube and everything, everyone's going to get, they're going to get their chance. And it's really special. So, um, you know, instead of having to go to the States to like get recognized or to have that chance to show their, their talents off. So, I mean, I super proud as a judge sitting back and watching like Canada bring it. I mean, also not bring it at times, <laughs> which is for great television. It happens. So yeah, you'll see some crappy acts, but you'll see some amazing acts. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll you'll um, you know you'll you'll just it's it's a warm fuzzy ex- experience. And 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 honestly, the my team of judges like you know Howie Mandel, Lily Singh, and Cardi. I mean, we are just like family up there. Like it's really cool how we just became this family. And you know, I think. I feel like a little bit like when you watch, um, you know, I, I know at home there's going to be a mom over here and there's going to be the son and they're going to be like, no, she's no, she sucks. Why would you like her? And we do the same thing. You know, we, we do that same thing between us. And I think that's a really fun dynamic to, uh, that the fans will really enjoy as well. So I'm excited for the launch and uh, I definitely think people will be stratified. Thank you so much for doing this and uh, I'll see you on Saturday. All right. I look forward to it. <laughs> stratified. <laughs> I love it. I, I maybe that's a thing. I, you know, I'm, I, as, I, as I mentioned before, I'm not really much into the the wrestling thing, but that was very cool interview with uh, our very own Mark Perry, who is a wrestling super fan and expert. And I was talking about, I was talking to him this morning. I'm like, oh yeah, you're a quote unquote expert. You know, self self described expert. No, he actually is an expert. As as I found out this morning, he actually did work with the, I don't know if it was the W, I don't think it was the WWE, it was one of the smaller wrestling organizations filming video or interviewing people or whatever. So our very own Mark Perry is a big, big wrestling super fan. And of course that event coming up at The Odd this Saturday night called The Road to WrestleMania. And it's this Saturday, March 26th at 7.30. Tickets range anywhere from $25 to $115. And I was checking this morning, went on to the odd box office, theodd.ca, and there were still tickets available. I, I, I just clicked best available and some of the $115 tickets came up. I didn't check any of the other price points, but yeah, Road to WrestleMania this Saturday, March 26th. You can get tickets at theodd.ca. And I I pulled this description off the, the Odd website. And it says, join WWE and the Odd. You know what? I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. I am going to Read this in my wrestling announcer voice. I didn't even know I had a wrestling announcer voice until this very second. So let's see how this goes. Join WWE and The Odd for live in-ring wrestling matches featuring your favorite WWE superstars. VIP packages available. Find your WWE Road to WrestleMania tickets and experience the legendary WWE event. A true test of might and desire. WWE Road to WrestleMania pits the biggest names in the sport against each other in a 
series of clashes. Catch every minute of the action as heroes and villains come to blow, come to blows at the center circle, at the square circle. See all your favorite WWE stars at their best. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> we were talking earlier when Brittany was hosting part of the Mike Farwell show. Voiceover work is something that seems interesting to me, but my understanding is very difficult to get a get a foot in the door because so many people want to do it. There's my demo tape. There's my demo tape right there. <laughs> so if you're interested, give me a call. <laughs> yes. So WWE. Uh, the road to WrestleMania this Saturday night at the Odd. A couple of the the matchups, of course. Now, now Trish uh, Stratus. That name is very difficult for me to say. Trish Stratus. Uh, she's going to be hosting the event, so she will be there. She'll be the host this Saturday night in Kitchener. And there's a few different matches. There's the Raw Women's Championship match with Becky Lynch. And Rhea Ripley. And then you have the United States Championship match with Finn Balor and uh, versus Damian Priest. And then you have the Raw Tag Team Champion Championship, number one contenders, triple threat match. <laughs> the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus Seth freaking Rollins and Kevin Owens. I don't know who any of these people are. But if you're a wrestling fan, maybe you do. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Newsflash! Engineers are in the building. They are attempting to fix our phone system. But that's okay. That is okay that our phone system is down. I have lots of things that have caught my attention. My polypile, as my wife has referred to it. You know, we've been talking a little bit about music. And, of course, we have this film. Actually, maybe I'll promote this one more time. This film that premieres tonight at the Princess Cinemas in in Uptown Waterloo. It's called Rock This Town, and it chronicles the music scene here in KW in the 1960s and 70s, and some of the, the big acts that played Waterloo Region who wouldn't normally, you know what, I don't know, you know what, I shouldn't say, I don't, maybe it was Waterloo County back then. But anyway, some of the big acts that played the area back in the 1960s and 70s, Led Zeppelin, Chuck Berry, Ozzy Osbourne, as we found out from one of the calls yesterday when we were talking about this on the Mike Farwell show. So this documentary, which chronicles that era of music in the region, premieres at Princess Cinemas tonight. And I believe the next couple of shows are sold out, but the producer of the film who we've had on a couple of times, Betty Ann Keller, says, you know, as long as tickets are still selling for it, they're going to try and keep adding shows. So I am going this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. It's called Rock This Town, and you can get tickets at Princess Cinemas. 
Com. So on the the topic of music, one of the items that has been in my poly pile for a few weeks now is this article about CD sales. And I alluded to it last week, but now I actually have the article. CD sales rise for the first time in almost 20 years. Vinyl outsold CDs in 2020 for the first time since 1991, but a new report shows that CD sales are up and they may soon give vinyl LPs a run for their money. New data from the Recording Industry Association of America shows that CD sales increased for the first time since 2004 last year, rising from 31.6 million in 2020 to 46.6 million in 2021. Meanwhile, vinyl sales hit 39.7 million units in the U.S. In 2021, it's thought that Gen Zers could partially be driving the sales of the physical media as they are reportedly doing things like ditching their AirPods in favor of, quote, vintage wired headphones. But the last year was also a tough one for vinyl production due to supply chain issues. So it could be that some of they got frustrated by months long delays and instead opted to purchase the album they were waiting for on CD, also notable in 2021, physical media as a whole experienced its first increase in sales since 1996. So physical media has been declining since 1996. And that's really about the time that some of these streaming services took off. Maybe Some of you might be old enough to remember Napster, although I guess Napster really wasn't a streaming service. It was more like a an illegal file sharing service, you know, MP3s, you know, sharing the music. But anyway, speaking of streaming services, you might have heard about this, and it's been in the news a little bit the last couple of weeks. This article is called, This Might Be the End of Sharing Your Netflix Password. Netflix knows you share your password, and soon you might have to start paying for the privilege over the past year, Netflix has been working on ways to enable members who share outside their household to do so easily and securely while also paying a bit more, quote unquote, the company said in a blog post recently as part of the effort over the next two weeks, Netflix will roll out two test features in Chile, Costa Rica and Peru called, quote, extra member and profile transfer. With extra member, people who subscribe to Netflix standard and premium plans can pay to add an account for up to two people that they don't live with. These extra members will have access just like any other Netflix account, including their own profile and login, but as a, at a discounted rate. Uh, 2380 in CLP. I guess that's Chilean dollars. 299 US, $2.99 a month. That's effectively $2.99 a month US for uh, Netflix. That's a steal of a deal. And uh, 
Oh, so that's in Costa Rica. That's the U.S. dollar in Costa Rica. I didn't think it would be that cheap. Yes, and 7.9 PEN in Peru. Netflix will not count these extra memberships towards its overall paid subscriber figures. According to a company spokesperson, separately, the profile transfer option lets subscribers of any tier transfer their profile information, namely their watch history, to a new account that they would pay for. So, yeah, the end of sharing your Netflix password. I wonder how many people do that, are watching Netflix, but they're really just, you know, using somebody else's login information. So I guess it makes sense. It is cool that this actually had a discounted option. So that's it. We're out of here for yet another day. I am, the rumor is, Farwell is still not feeling very well. He's still under the weather. And so I am in for Farwell tomorrow morning on the appropriately named Mike Farwell Show. So I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570.